0: Hello, hello. Here we are. <laughs> hey, Maddie. How are hey, you?
1: I'm good. Um, yeah, tired today. I
0: don't know what it is
1: about Tuesdays.
0: <sighs> Tuesday, midday. It's rainy here, but... <laughs> but well, at least like I'm I'm starting to uh, really get used to and enjoy our, you know, weekly date that we have here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like always as sleepy as we get in and kind of energizes us <laughs> it helps for the rest That's of the day. Good.
1: Definitely. So we do have a fun topic. Well, I don't know about fun, but an I interesting, know. maybe not so fun topic to talk about um at our work at life show today. Um, I think I'll go ahead and introduce myself and then we can yeah. dig right into it. So I'm Maddie Grant. I am a culture designer um, and culture consultant. Um, and I'm here with Sonia. You want to um, introduce yourself, Sonia?
0: Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Sonia Lucina. I'm an org- organizational psychologist and I'm the president of workforce at Question Pro, um, and super happy to be here with Maddie today to talk about what she said. I don't know if it's a fun issue, um, but certainly one that causes a lot of debate. Um, and we were trying to figure out how do we in the world fit it in in 20 minutes. Um, so we'll see how many insights and opinions and thoughts we can share. In, in
1: yeah, and this, time. this conversation can go in 8 million different ways. too. So yeah. I think there's going to be fodder for lots of future shows.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So... Um, one of the things when, when Maddie and I kicked off the show a few weeks ago, we were talking about different topics. And so what did we want? uh, What do we want to discuss? What do we think was important to people? Where do we feel like we have, you know, interesting and valuable opinions? And so we ran through a number of questions and I'll share some of the data with you because it's quite interesting. And I'm giving you that context because it's a little bit of a story in, in how we did our research. So what um we were looking at is let me quickly share my screen. I'm not sure why it's working. Hold tight. data <laughs> coming soon. Um, so one of the things that you know we were thinking about as we reflected towards last year is, um, you know what what are the wishes? And I actually read an article where somebody said, you know, don't ask people about their New Year's resolutions, because there are so many things that are quite challenging to control these days. And so we thought, okay, if you could have a wish for 2021, what would that wish be? And this was our first attempt at the question. And so um, we kind of threw this in as like more of a funny choice, like just have it be better than 2020. Uh, but lo and behold, <laughs> It was the most chosen answer. It was, you know, in some ways, like, I don't even care what happens. Just make it better. Like, however, however it possibly can be. um, That's all I'm looking for. And the second highest choice was to be healthy. And so we thought, okay, well, you know, that's usually important to people. But given the nature of what's going on in the economy and the pandemic, it makes sense for people to say that. And so we thought, okay, let's ask this question in a little bit different way, because maybe we can get some different results. And, you know, so understanding that it was just a really tough year for most people, and we just want to be better, let's take that out. And let's, you know, make an assumption that most people really want to, you know, get through the pandemic, okay, keep their health, keep their family's health. We reworded the question a little bit. And we took out those choices and the remaining choices, um, getting a pay increase just won by a landslide compared to these other options. And we still had something else as a catch-all. And maybe these are still the people who are just like, I don't even care, just make it better than than 2020. Um, But this is something that really jumped out at us. And I actually had a little bit of Flashbacks earlier in my career, I used to do research with um, job candidates. And one of the survey questions we would ask always is, What made you want to apply for a job? And no matter what industry, no matter what location, no matter what generation, pay was consistently the most important factor that people said they were looking for in a job. And I just thought, Wow, you know, that was a few years ago that I was doing that research. And now here we're in the pandemic in 2021. And it still continues to be um, such a critical factor and so that's part of the reason why Maddie and I said okay let's spend a little bit of time in our show because it it carries such importance um, that it's definitely worth talking about and then I'll show you one more data point and then we'll jump more into the discussion. So we thought, okay, if 43% of our respondents said that they could say, you know, make one wish for 2021, and it was more than getting time off or better benefits or more flexibility, it was really about the pay. Well, how many people were satisfied um, with their pay? And around half of the people that we surveyed said that they were satisfied, but then nearly another half um, said that they were not. They were either neutral or they were actually dissatisfied with their pay. And so, that really showed us that it's not you know there there's this big discrepancy in not only how important it is to people because many people are saying that it is important, but then also many people are saying that they're not satisfied with it. And so what does that mean? So I will jump out of the data and open up a little bit, turn the mic to Maddie for a couple of minutes <laughs> for her opinions um, on what do we actually see out of this and what do we believe this means?
1: Yeah, so it's, first of all, it's interesting to me that this is still such a big thing that pay is like the number one thing for so many people. And I think uh, even though it's probably actually not a surprise, it's sort of like you want it to not be that, <laughs> right? You want it to be other yeah. things, and, you know, as culture people um, and workplace, you know, design people, like we're always talking about um, different ways to to change the structure and organization of companies in order to make employees, you know more successful. Um, and that's literally everything other than pay, right? <laughs> because pay is the one thing we really can't control as an outside consultant. You know, pay is set by the market. it's set by like a whole bunch of internal factors. It's probably set by revenue goals. Um, And then don't even get me started on pay inequality and all of those things, which we can totally go down that rabbit hole if you want to, but that's a much longer conversation. Um, But so, you know, pay is the one thing that, that we can't help with. I mean that, you know, so, instead we talk about all these other things like flexible schedules and you know some of the other things on our on our little quick poll, <laughs> right so there's that and then i've done a lot of research and i've written um, a book about uh, generational differences in the workplace and specifically millennials and we know there's lots of data that shows that millennials actually care much more about culture um, the culture of the workplace, then not, maybe not much more, but they care more about the culture of the workplace than they do about the salary level.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but caveat that those data points are based on having enough money to pay the rent. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if, if everything else is equal and you're not super struggling, then culture becomes super important. But in the meantime, you know the pandemic has thrown everybody for a loop. Um, so many people have lost their jobs. Like I, it's there's obviously some of that that's coming back into play here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, to your point, it's it's such a tough thing because it's so quantifiable, yet for culture experts, it's it's hard to influence. It's so organization specific. And one of the things that we wanted to touch on, so we always like to think, you know, talk about what can you do as an individual, what can you do as an organization, um, and wanted to touch a little bit about, um, you know, as an individual, how do you perceive this? Uh, For those, I see a few more people joined us. Welcome. Um, We are, Maddie and I are here today talking about pay. Um, and what that means to an individual, what can organizations do in in communicating pay changes, et cetera. So for those of you who just joined us recently, welcome to the conversation. So from from a standpoint of an individual, one of the things that we wanted to discuss is this perceived tie of pay to self-worth. And from a psychology standpoint, it's really challenging because in many in our lives, if you think about it, it's one aspect that's quantifiable. And I've been guilty of this. And I've talked to so many of my friends that just feel like, well, if I'm not getting the pay um, that I want, or that I feel I deserve, I must not be good enough, I must not be worthy enough. And there's so many different factors around how important a position is for a particular industry or for a particular organization. Um, What are the different pay differences? Or how does an organization make a decision on that? In our private lives, if you think about it, so we all earn a certain amount of money and it's quantifiable. But if you think about it, how good of a parent are you? How good of a partner are you? How good of a child are you? You don't get a score for that. You don't have a quantifiable measure that every month or every year you're saying, "Ah, I'm really good because I get this number. And so I think just by the, the sheer nature of salaries, it makes it easier for us to fall down that rabbit hole. But one of the things that we wanted to you know, really stressed today is that it's really important to separate the two, that people, there's so many different factors that come into play that while it's important for people to understand their worth and ask, to Maddie's point around salary discrepancies and different things, um, to ask or what you believe you should be making, that you shouldn't judge yourself or what you believe you're worth based on that specific salary number, because it's a really psychological thing that, that we can get into and it's um we know it's it's not related in that simple of terms. So that is one thing that we definitely want you to walk away with today because especially in the challenging economy today where people have to make tough decisions, where organizations have to make tough decisions, the last thing we should be doing is a pay raise now. So that means I'm not good enough. Um we have enough mental health challenges in different societies, at the workplace, that this is one thing that I think as individuals, we can control how we handle and we would recommend that it's something that you really pay attention to that you don't tie your feeling of self worth to your specific salary. Now, that being yeah. said, um, well, again,
1: gonna, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's another piece to that, which is about knowing how to ask for more money. Yeah. You no, know, so if whether you tie it to your self-worth or not, you need strategies, right, to, to figure out, you know, how to ask for a raise if you think you're, you're owed one or worth one. Yeah. Um, And we actually will share this in the resources afterwards. But we found a good article um, that talks about some of these strategies for asking for a raise specifically in a down economy. So um, it talks about how you may have more responsibility because other people have been laid off in your company. Um, And so, you know, if you've taken on more work, which many, many people have, you know, that's a a moment when you can talk about that and ask for a raise. Um, if you're supervising more people for the same reason, because you know staff has been cut, um, or if you're leading a project um, instead of just being part of the project team, you know these are all uh, reasons to ask for more that are that are concrete. You know, so what you want to be doing, and this is good advice for everybody. At all times, is just document the things that you're doing for your your company, for your workplace, um, that you can then and you know just document over time, so that when it comes to it, um, you already have a list of things that you've contributed um, that can help you make a case. But I know as as women in particular, it's really hard to to ask for more. You know, you're already probably thinking. You know, am I good enough compared to other people? or you know, do I deserve it more than someone else who has you know issues at home where they could really use the extra money? like we we bring in all these yeah. all these other factors. So you know, having this list of things that you've been able to do over the last few months or year, five years, whatever um, can be really, really helpful.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I'll mention really quickly, because I think maybe sometimes it happens earlier in our our careers, but I think, again, given the economy and the things that are happening, it could happen more today is every once in a while, I I talk to somebody about a salary negotiation and um, it's an area that I studied. So friends, family, coworkers, if I can help them, I, I do with advice. And I always, you know, I often hear people say, oh, but, you know, something happened in my personal life or I need more money or I needed a loan for something. <sighs> you know, in a perfect world, I think companies could be a lot more empathetic to that, to understand, okay, you had a hardship and so we can compensate you more. The reality in organizations, as Maddie, to your point and in, in your recommendations of keeping lists and your contributions is that that's what they're going to look for because they pay you for your impact and they pay you for your output. So that's why it's so critical and it's tough and it's horrible if somebody's spouse lost the job or if you have additional medical bills, but unfortunately in most pay negotiations, that's not um, a topic that's an effective leverage to, to be able to make that change. So I think really staying focused on those contributions and, and making them visible to others and understanding the impact um, can have a tremendous importance. And then also, as we were mentioning before, different organizations um, value different skill sets. And so a part of it is staying a part of your organization and finding a way to see, can I can I make a greater impact? Um, can I make that more visible? Or if it's just the type of role or a skill set that for that particular company doesn't make as much of an impact in a business, a lot of times it's you know, you may just have to look elsewhere to to have that align a little better. So those are just a few things that that come to mind for for an individual. But then I know Maddie, you and I talked a little bit about organizations too, and we talked about cultures and that it's you know it's one of the same, but it's a little separate. But as um as an expert in culture, what would you recommend to organizations? Like this is such a a hot topic and it's based on the data and the decades of research that I've done, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So as, no, a, as an organization, as a leader, what would you recommend to people to make this maybe an easier conversation?
1: Well, I do see really um, future forward organizations being much more transparent about the um, the financials of the company and, um, and giving their staff Financial literacy. So, if everybody knows that here's here's our projected revenue, here's you know how we're going to spend money to get to that revenue. Um, if everybody has a good understanding of that and knows how their own work fits into that, you know, then you can also just be much more specific about how you're contributing, or 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 somebody's not contributing. If maybe you're a manager, and you know. You need to help somebody do better. Um, yeah. but that whole transparency issue is really huge, mm-hmm. and then and I know it's still kind of an outlier thing, but but companies are doing it, and they you know it might have been a hard hurdle to to go through initially because you know sharing salaries. Oh my God, you can't you can't talk about that, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. but in overall, in the end, it's just a much better way to manage it. And then the other piece I've seen is um, decoupling performance um, with compensation. So, because there's so many factors that go into compensation, and the whole organization is involved in that, because all staff, you know, creates expenses, right, and all of that. Um, And there's so many different factors that go into those calculations, like market share and, you know, all these other things um, where the cities that everybody lives in, you know, there's a million different data points there. Um, But once if it's tied to performance specifically, then that means that individual people are competing against each other to get their bonuses every year or their 2% raise or whatever it is. As opposed to it basically disincentivizes people from working collaboratively and working in a team because and it's super subtle. This is the problem. It's not obvious that this is happening. It's not like a leaderboard where salespeople are, you know, actively competing with each other in a good way, maybe, you know, to get the most sales. This is a very like in the background kind of nasty kind of thing. and or managers having to decide, you know, who gets two percent versus three percent, you know, who gets rated four point five versus three point nine, um, based on the pot of money that they might have to share around. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's this is a much bigger conversation, but that is a way if you if you if you reward collaboration and teamwork basically as opposed to the individual. Um, it becomes just a much different way of doing
0: um, salary increases. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. One of the things that we talked about that um, still out of all the theories in psychology that I learned, this one has stayed in my, like burned into my brain and it's called procedural justice. And I think that that one could fit in really well to what you were saying around where, where companies are today that are many of them are very guarded about salaries and it's not transparent and people don't know you don't know what the band is maybe that's actually like another way that organizations are moving is they'll say well for this group this is the band so you can at least know okay so this is around Mm -hmm. what my colleagues are doing but this idea of procedural justice to what you were saying earlier is just being as transparent as possible around how the decisions are happening and why they're happening and what they're made on. So if somebody gets a 2% increase and they work their tail off, why is that for the organization? Is it because this year we were not doing any and based on our revenue, we could do this much. So in the great context, that actually is the most that we could give or we're trying to stay you know, in business. So either you know we give you this much, or we have to lay off a number of people in the organization. We really don't want to do that, or we can do it now. But if we achieve x, y, and z in six months, we're going to revisit. But it's what these studies found is if you gave a person an outcome, but you didn't explain why. People were significantly less satisfied with the outcome than if they got the exact same outcome, but they understood the rationale and felt like it was really well thought through. So I think that that's maybe yeah. in, it, it, in the path of giving that great transparency are some steps that organizations and even individual managers and leaders can do um, to start to change the perception of the conversations around pay and actually what's, what's just and what's not just
1: yeah exactly. like that's such a such an interesting topic and I really I feel like we should dig into that more. but look, we're already out of time I know.
0: Like, what <laughs> I <laughs> um, so obviously this is um, a really big conversation, a really important one and thank you for for all the comments. If you know we always say if anybody has anything particular that you would like to spin off from this topic or any additional questions or things that you'd like to hear us discuss, Um, please let us know we're here every Tuesday, same time, same place. Um, Also wanted to mention that um, we have a couple of our colleagues that run similar um, live sessions. One is on Fridays and it's around research and another one is on CX on Wednesdays. And actually in, in the chat, we'll follow up with the details around um, where you can join but if you enjoy these kinds of sessions where you can pop in and have a lively discussion um, we'd love to see you there too and one final plug for me because my parents are amazing and they always follow maddie and i is today's my mom's birthday oh, <laughs> so um, wish a happy birthday happy birthday um, <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so much from her over the years. And a lot of this wisdom that I share, you know, comes from her too. So, so say happy birthday, mom. Um, and thank you, everyone, as always, for for joining us, for being a part of these discussions, for your comments. It's um, It's a lot of fun to be able to share this time with you.
1: Yes. We'll see you next time. See you next
0: time.